So now today is what we call Mission Sunday. This is a day where we highlight the three international missions that this church uh, supports. And so the one is Brazil, the water filter project. I'm going to share a little bit about our trip and what's happening with that. And then in just a few minutes, I'm going to invite uh, Steve he over Fitterer. He oversees uh, the Haiti, Feeding the Children. And then Henry Diani, he oversees the Vietnam and actually Cambodia now for the Vietnam wheelchairs. Um, so I went down to Brazil, and uh, this year it was just me and Rob Gibson. Uh, Rob and Anel, they used to attend here, and then they had this bright idea of retiring and, and going down to, to Florida, and while I was there, I was like, wait, Rob's my age. What, what's he doing retiring already? But, but they're in Florida, so Rob, I've been going down there for six years, and I, I actually didn't realize this, but Rob's been going down there for five. And Rob is like one of the best guys to have with you, because he can be a team player, he can be a leader, he fills in all the gaps, he's got his eyes open, he, he's just a great guy to travel to a third world country with. Um, and so I asked him to do a little video, just kind of a little recap, so we're going to watch his little recap, and then I'll share with you what's happening in Brazil with the Water Filter Project. Hey, good morning, Vineyard. My name is Rob Gibson, and I'm here to share with you some of my experiences in Brazil this year. It's always good to get back and see people we haven't seen. So take a look at some of the photos of people we reconnected with this year. We were also able to witness how they build water filters this year. It's quite a process, we had no idea but here's some photos of just some of that process. This year we were asked to teach CPR and basic first aid to our friends in Portel. Here's some pictures showing CPR and how to control massive bleeding. And finally, we were able to be a part of the first Brazilian Vineyard Church Conference. This is where all the vineyard churches in Brazil gathered in one location uh, to meet each other, to share their stories, to share their concerns, and just to receive encouragement from the group total. So here's a couple of pictures of that. That's all I have for you. We look forward to seeing you guys next Sunday. We're going to be there, attend church service, and reconnect with people we haven't seen for a while. So God bless you guys, and we'll see you soon. So that's actually the boat that we live on while we're there. Um, so yeah, so, so if you remember um, when we were promoting this for our Easter offering, the Water Filter Project is stationed in an area called Portel, Brazil. And this is the second place 
um, after about 20 years of doing this down there, where they have uh, moved the water filter project. And now they've pretty much saturated that area. The, the closest they go now to, to uh, install water filters is like a nine-hour boat ride away. So, so they're, they've kind of done what they need to do. And so now what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out where they want to relocate the water filter project. So there's a the gentleman down there by the name of Homon, and he's like, he oversees the whole thing. He's also the ship's captain, and he knows everything about the project. So he is moving to an area called Baleen, which is kind of in the mouth of the Amazon region. It's a, it's a major city, and so you might ask yourself, well, why do you, we need water filters in a major city? Well, well here's the thing. Uh, we have two missionary families down there, uh, Keith and Marsha Wilson, who I work with, and then Steve and Elba Dolan. And Steve and Elba were here uh, a couple months ago. Elba is the assistant um, national director to the Vineyard Churches in Brazil. She actually oversees the northern region, and there's another guy who oversees the southern region. So both these missionaries have planted churches, and they have been established now, and they're up and running, and it's been a 10-year process. Now they've both moved to different cities, and they're starting over again. Like, this is an interesting process, because what they do is, since they're Americans, uh, Elba's Brazil, but her husband's American, Keith and Marsha are both Americans, they move to a city, and then they go to the grocery store, and they start witnessing. And they start the church as a small group. I just think it's fascinating to me. So, so now Steve and Elba, they've got a little bit of a, of a leg up, because Elba is Brazilian, but they're, they've moved to this major city, and they would like to bring the water filter project to where they're at. So we're trying to work out the logistics. While I was there, uh, Steve uh, took me around and showed all the different areas where they're thinking they can set up shop to make the water filters. So there's a guy there that says, you can, I've got several locations of property that you can have. Like, you can, you, you can have. And so that's, that's half of it. Now they need to find out where they can put the boat where they can keep the boat. So that's what they're, what they're looking at now, is where the boat will be, will be docked, and then, and then they'll start making the water filters. So if you could just join me in prayer with this, because we'd really like this to be in Belém, and I'll tell you why. There's a number of islands right, right off the city, and they're big islands. Like this part of the Amazon region, some of it you can't even see across the rivers. But there's 50,000 homes living on the river right there, right off the city that need water filters. This is before they would even travel down the rivers. So, so that's what we're looking at there. And so part of our trip was to kind of be, kind of be involved in, in the relocation and kind of the thought process and what they're thinking. And since we support that, so when you buy a water filter, not only do you buy a water filter, but you also supply uh, this crew of people with jobs. You're paying people to have a job. All that money's wrapped up in that. And then you're also paying for the maintenance and the fuel of the boat to get it, to get the water filters distributed. So all that's wrapped up in that. And so, um, so we, this time, normally we go down and we do river ministry and then we install water filters. What we did this year was Rob and I were a part of the process of making the water filters from beginning to end. And let me tell you, it is an involved process. First of all, like, like I think only one time yeah, the one time they actually brought out an electric drill, and Rob and I were like, oh my goodness. Like, everything else they use is just, it's just makeshift, and they, they figure it out. And it's really neat to see the process. They do four water filters at a time, 
and it takes about four hours. And then they do the rock and the stone and the sand, and they wash all this stuff, and they get it all ready. For instance, there's 80 pounds of sand that goes into one of these filters. They wash that sand 10 times before it's clean enough to go in the water filter. So, so the process is very intricate. And one of the guys, um, this is Jose Aldo. He's one of the workers. And then the other guy you'll see, I think he's wearing a blue shirt, uh, Lolo. He's made 8,000, over 8,000 water filters. He's been involved in this process for a while. So uh, that's the back of him there in the red shirt. They number these, and then they put a GPS coordinate to them so they know where they're all at. Um, and so the process was, was really just was interesting. I, I did most of the documenting. Rob gets in there and does the heavy lifting. I don't know why anybody took pictures. I did some heavy lifting, but there's, there's no documentation of that. So... <laughs> I tapped some hammers. I did a little, little hammer tapping. The, the lids are, are uh, aluminum, so they allowed me to hold a hammer for a little bit. Um, but there's like the inside of it right there. So that's actually upside down. So you see that pipe, that's when, when, you, when you turn the filter right side up, the, the water goes in there and it forces it out of that PVC pipe and up out of the water filter. So very interesting process. And these things last forever. So I am, I am grateful to be a part of it. So that was part of our trip. And then um, I was involved in doing some small group teaching because it's a vineyard. So the model of ministry is the same. So we did some of that. We did some, some ministry. We went out on this one river. Actually, there's some pictures when it comes up I'll show you. They are actually building a vineyard church out on this river. And so we did the inauguration service there which was super cool. I didn't know it until I was getting ready to preach that I was preaching the first sermon at this church. Um, and then they dedicated a baby there, and it was just, it, it was a, it was just phenomenal. Um, and then Rob did a first aid training there at the, at the church. So that was well attended. He did, uh, uh, see if you can get to those first aid uh, pictures, guys. Yeah, so right there. So Rob actually traveled there with those um, CPR mannequins. That was a little interesting going through TSA. <laughs> yeah. um, but there was actually a, a lady who goes to their church who's a nurse. So she helped kind of, kind of um, validate the things that Rob was teaching. And so they were really into it. And Rob did things. So, so like they, they use things like machetes to cut stuff with. So oftentimes there's like a major injury that nobody has a chance to get to the, to the hospital real quick. So they learned how to do a tourniquet. They learned how to uh, roll somebody over if they're not breathing so that there's a certain position that, that you put people in. And then they learned uh, CPR and the Heimlich and, and some other basic things. So that was really neat to know uh, that they were interested in learning that. And then, uh, let's see, go ahead and keep, keep going to some more pictures here, guys. Go to the next one. So there's the church. That's a church that they're building. And it's, it's in the middle of the Amazon jungle. That'll be a, a vineyard church. And there's a guy who lives out there who donated the property to the vineyard church that we support. Um, go to the next one. So that's the church service. Um, it's, it's at nighttime because it gets dark at 6 o'clock. There's 6 a.m. sunup, 6 p.m. sundown because they're on the equator. Uh, keep going. Um, and so this right here is the very first vineyard pastors retreat slash conference where northern and southern Brazilian vineyard pastors were together. So that was a monumental 
moment. Um, and that's Elba. She's one of the uh, national directors. The gentleman sitting to the right, his name is Milton. He is actually the national director for uh, southern Brazil. Um, and so it was really interesting to be, to be a part of that. Uh, and they had asked me to, to see if I could change. Normally we go in June, but we came in August for this because right there, Elba was telling them that our church is involved in the water filter project. So that created a lot of discussion, and that was pretty cool. This is all, there's 55 vineyard churches represented in Brazil. And so these are all the pastors together there. Um, and then go to the next picture. So, so um, the two, the Americans on my left, that's Keith and Marcia. So they, they are the missionaries that we work with. Marcia kind of oversees the finances when we send money down for the water filter project. They just planted a church. And then the two, that's Anos and Simone on my right, they are the pastors at the Vineyard Church in Portel. So they pastor those churches there. Of course, that's Rob. And then the guy in the back, that's Steve Dolan. And um, I'll probably, we'll probably start working with Steve um, once, once, and hopefully the water filter project gets up and running in Baylene. So... There's your report for Brazil. Um, if you have any questions um, and, or you're interested in finding out a little bit more, or maybe you're interested in going next year, uh, come find me or go to our website. There's a link on the missions page and even in our bulletin where you can sign up for that. And so there's Brazil. So what I would like to do is invite uh, Steve Fitter and uh, Henry Diani up, and we're going to talk about uh, Haiti and Vietnam. Sir. So uh, this part of the uh, interview with Steve, we're just going to kind of wing it because I, I asked Steve, I got some questions, and one of the questions is this, what is the status with Haiti? Has anything changed since the last we talked? And Steve told me some stories that sound like a movie. <laughs> like, um, so does it, so we just ask him, does anybody want to hear like maybe, maybe kind of like a scary story about what's happening in Haiti? Is anyone here? Why don't you tell me about the, the bridge story then? Why don't you just share with that? Yeah. Okay. Chip and I talked about this. We weren't sure we wanted to share it. Um, so in, in Port-au-Pay, uh, where the children are, the, the feeding is taking place, um, it's actually calmed down quite a bit. Um, the police took back over control. The gangs don't have near the presence, but... Uh, I guess to start this out, my wife, my son, and I went down to visit with Larry and Diane four weeks ago, and we spent an entire day with them, went to lunch, and sat around and listened to their stories all afternoon. And uh, one of the stories that Larry and Diane told us, um, the reason things in port pay are okay right now is the gangs uh, did an attempt to break in, come over the wall, to steal the food, which this church has supplied. Um, they have a locked area where all this food, all the rice and all the stuff is stored. The gangs tried to break in. Um, they, they said there was 12 that tried to break in. And um, two of them got shot coming over the wall um, by the security on site. The police went out and rounded up the ones that didn't get shot. And Pastor Dave will, will know this bridge, and I don't know if there's pictures going or not. If there's ever a picture up there that shows a bridge down below with a river underneath it, um, the police immediately went out and rounded up the rest of the gang members and took them down on the bridge. 
broad daylight, all the townspeople, lined them up and shot them. So the police have taken control over of Portopay. Um, the rest of Haiti still not good, but the local police in that town, they had enough. So as bad as that story is. That's the, that's the, um, the least of the glorious. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but I, I had had some people ask me uh, yesterday. You know, hey, so what what is a, what's it looking like as far as going to Haiti? Well, the answer is we're not going there just yet. <laughs> we we still have hopes. Uh, our conversation all day with them. We we hope to go down. It doesn't look good today. Um, we're, we they say that if we get to that location, we're safe currently. It's just getting to the location is a whole problem. Um, you have to land in Port-au-Prince, the main capital. It still has problems or Cape Haitian still has problems. And uh, it's just the transportation from where you land from the airport to their location. That's, that's where the whole problem is. The gangs are still out there. Um, yeah, it's, it's not very safe yet. So how about, Steve, how about the food? Um, maybe the electricity for the, the, the depot. We call it a depot, right, where they, yeah. where they go to church at. Uh, is there anything specific that, you know, that maybe they're lacking or they need or to... You know, as far as like feeding the children? Well, a change, I think I shared this last time. Uh, this nutrition center that was built was real modern. Um, big propane tanks, the most beautiful kitchen, stainless steel appliances, tables, grills where they cooked everything. Because they used to cook on charcoal. That's what Dave was down in saw with me. All this time, they just cooked on the, the raw charcoal. Um, couldn't get propane. They're back to charcoal. Mm -hmm. And because of the smoke and, and everything involved, the fires... They actually built, uh, between the church and nutrition center, they built another area, and this one's vented very well, Dave. The heat goes out. It's a very tall ceiling. It's not like the old one. But they're back to cooking on charcoal, but they didn't miss a beat. Uh, couldn't get propane. They instantly started cooking on charcoal, and it's still going. The numbers are actually growing. Um, the, the, the nutrition center is packed every day. Um, they're still feeding the seniors when all the children are done. Um, the church, it's, it's amazing the stories on the church. Um, it is packed. People are standing outside to hear the service now. The church footprint is a, a 60 foot by 40 foot. I'm sorry, it's 60 foot by 100 foot. It's a big church, 60 foot by 100 foot. They are packing it. People are standing outside to hear the service. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing. They've taken all the children used to go into the church and sit uh, with the adults, now they have taken the children to the nutrition center. They're side by side, and they're having a children's service just to try to fit more people. So it's amazing wow. the people as far as the church service in this area, what has happened and how it's growing. Yes. That's a blessing. So as far as, like, let's say children and even the elderly getting there and back, is that, is that any kind of an issue? Or are they, are yeah, they... it always has been. The, the young children, they, they walk the streets, they come out of the mountains. That's, that's always a concern for young children, but they've been doing it for so long. It's commonplace to them. There's dangers there that we think are dangers. They just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so uh, uh, Larry and Diane oversee this ministry there, mm -hmm. uh, and they're right now they're in the States. Yeah, they right? actually did a service last Sunday. I would have been there, but my daughter was up on this stage, so I couldn't be there. They were over in Grove City. Um, they're back down in Kentucky now, and they are headed back down. And yes. they're doing good? I... They are. They're doing great. Um, it was great to spend time with him because we hadn't seen him as much here recently. Larry was back. He had some surgeries done. He had some cancer that he had to have removed, a skin-type cancer. Um, but, yeah, they're doing great. Good yeah. deal. 
Okay, and then, all right, so how about this? Um, sounds like everything is going good. Do, we, do you have any, like, maybe numbers, like children? I mean, you're packing it out, but, like, the last number I heard was 212. And uh, it's funny, I spent a whole day with them, and I don't think a number was said, just that it was packed. We, we talked about all this, but I can't tell you a number. Yeah. But it's packed, yes. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. All right, so then one more question then. So it costs... $180 to feed a child for an entire year, mm -hmm. right? So, so do you have a, a, a story or maybe something of a, a specific child or maybe children whose lives that you know have been, have been changed because not only are they coming to get food, but they're, they're having church? Yeah. Oh, boy, there's so many stories. I'd give anything to have Larry and Nan sitting up here because, uh, yeah, there's, there's so many stories. Um, one story, i tell you what, uh, Pastor Dave sponsors a child there. A lot of people here in the States are sponsoring these children, okay? That's, that's for school. Um, that's making sure they get the book bags, the clothing, the shoes. You have to actually pay for the school. And there's a lot of people, it's over 100 now locally, that are sponsoring these children that, that go to the, the feedings and to the church. It, it's quite amazing what's taking place here locally. Um, but Pastor Dave's child. Um, in 2015, our second year there, I remember this boy so well. I, um, we were putting in the bottom foundation of the church, uh, and there was a little naked boy running around, about that tall, and he had two beans in his hand, dry beans, and they were dark in color, and they were pretty big, and that was his food for the day. Um, his house where he lived with his mother was just, it wasn't 20 feet from the corner foundation of where this property, you know, is they, they stack the houses, little block places right on top of one another. And this little boy was so nice, so neat, but the, a lot of the young children, they just don't have clothing. And we always called him the naked boy. But I still remember those two beans, that first day digging that footer in, and the little naked boy running around. He was in our way all day, but what a cute little kid. And that's who Dave sponsors. So that's one of the children. That's what he had to eat for the day. I asked the question. And those two beans are what he had to eat all day, and he just carried them in his hand. I never saw him eat them. I'm sure he ate them before he went to bed. That's one of the children that is going here and getting his meals. Wow. So that's just one of them. There, there's so many stories wow. like that of these children. Yeah. That is amazing. And, and church, we, you are a part of that. We, we're a part of that when we give to this, to this Haiti Feeding the Children program for our Easter offering. So thank you for that. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, all right, Henry. Yeah. All right, so, so you were able to get to Vietnam for the first time, right, since the pandemic yeah. this past March. Yep. Um, what was the atmosphere like there? Uh, once they opened it, uh, if you looked and walked in the cities, it would look like it was Christmas again. And they just went from nothing <laughs> to, like, Christmas. I mean, people running around, buying things, getting back in there, just the opposite of what we had. Um, so that was a, uh, a big beginning for him. I said, well, they, they just jumped into it. It was like, I've been away from everything, and now I have a chance to go back in there. Wow. So that was pretty wild. And then, and then okay, so that would be something you noticed that was different. And yep. then so we've started moving into Cambodia. Yeah. Is that right? So, um, and this is done by the same Vietnamese pastor, Pastor yep. Vu. Yep. So... Uh, is there more of a demand for wheelchairs, like in Cambodia? I mean, like, are we, are we, is Vietnam, are we done, or what's going no, on? No, no, Vietnam is good. They've, <laughs> uh, they've been asking us down there to say, can you help us? 
And the first year we went up there, uh, we brought uh, the buses in, and our table was just a couple of tables, and then there was four generals there. We weren't even inside. I mean, when you looked at them, you could see hate in their eyes, and I thought, what are we doing here? And we got through giving everything away, and about four of us said, we're never going back here. This did not look good to us. You can, you can tell the, the hate that was coming in. So uh, we went and said, okay, we're gonna try it again next year. You know, um, Very different. Uh, it seems to me that once those four generals went away, 10 of them came in to thank us. It was incredible. Wow. 10 of them stood there and talked to us, telling us, thank you, look what you're doing to our kids. So that was a big deal. Wow. So then uh, when you got us down, we were able to get down to some places. We had to walk in because the vehicles couldn't make it over the, the rooms that we were in. Um, helping them down. They had a pretty nice, pretty decent church there. But uh, taking them down, and when they put their dad in the chair, uh, you'd see four or five kids crawling all over mm. dad, trying to hold him. Mm. <laughs> while they're trying to push him away. But wow. The, the, what you could just feel the love that they were, yeah. they just couldn't believe that we would come that far down to get them wheelchairs. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and so, you know, one thing that we forget is that this is a, a communist country. So, yeah. so they, they really, they don't want us preaching, right? Yep. And, and, but we do. Is we that right? Do Pastor Vu does. Yep. So how about this? Uh, what kind of, so we, that, there's kind of an impact. What, going to, to Cambodia, does that change like, I mean, that's, from what I understand, it's quite a drive, isn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah, it takes about nine hours. <laughs> so uh, going down there, we, we see things that we didn't see the first shot going down there. Um, the kids are out. They're happy. They got, you can tell they're happy. Something has changed wow. in that one year. I think those soldiers that were there were from the old war. The new ones coming in were younger. I would guess they might be in the 20s to the mid-20s. Um, it was fun listening to them because they had to interpret everything they said. And uh, we were shocked. We, we just couldn't believe it changed that fast that they loved us now. Wow. That was so different to me. I didn't expect to have that a second time. So uh, somebody in their side must have said, you better get on top of this. <laughs> Maybe it was the Lord. Could, yeah, could have been. It was, it was so different. Uh, it was a joy. And then watching the kids, uh, we had some candy. Well, you can tell you what candy does. They never see candy. So we would get that. They'd pile on their dad's stuff, and we're going, oh, my gosh, well, from one year to the other. Totally different. Wow. So God just interfered. You know, got the right people in there. So we're going to go back. Wow. <laughs> so a wheelchair costs $75. $75 to change a person's life, to really to restore the dignity that, that somebody has lost, yeah. right? So, so I'll ask you kind of the same thing. Do you have a specific story or a, or a testimony in somebody's life that you had changed other than like you have this dad, but anything else stick out in your mind where you saw the Holy Spirit change somebody's life through a wheelchair? The, uh, it's probably more than one. When you see we're carrying them into the church, uh, they're not sure really what they're going to get. And when we put them in, put all the parts together, uh, the, the facial, you'll see on their faces, like, oh, my God, I got wheels. Mm. And, and then we carry them down, put them down, and that's when the kids start jumping on them. It's like, you're going to cry. Wow. You can't help it. 
to see it wow. happening. So, wow. Keep doing that. <laughs> so that's it right there, church. When we buy a wheelchair, we, we change lives. There, people are, are the dignity is, is restored. So, so that's, church, this is just kind of a quick, we, we could talk about this all day. You know, uh, but that's a quick snippet of what's happening, and uh, I'll repeat it again later on. But uh, uh, in the bulletin is is a sign up if you're interested in receiving uh, some more information. And then even on our website, if you click on the missions page, uh, there's a tab that says I would like some more info. Uh, if you click on that, uh, I'll respond to that and get you some information. And then if need be, you want to go a little bit further, I'll get you in contact with uh, Steve or Henry. So Steve and Henry, thank you so much for sharing with us. <laughs>